Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com Thanks for joining us here on Napa Broadcasting. I'm Jeff Sheckman. It seems that we spend all of our local political time talking about land use, wineries, the definition of ag, watersheds, and wine marketing. All county issues. But there are many issues that the cities face. And they, of course, come into bold relief with elections for city council. I think it says something about the state of the city that our mayor is running unopposed and that only one challenger has emerged to the two council incumbents seeking to return to the council. I think it says some good things about city management and progress, but certainly with progress and success come some new problems and new issues. And we're going to talk about them today in the context of our discussions with candidates for Napa City Council. And I'm joined in the studio right now by Napa City Councilman Scott Sedgley, who's been kind enough to join us once again here. Scott, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for the invitation, Jeff. It's always good to have you here. You know, uh, I was at a forum you were uh, speaking at yesterday, and uh, you were giving your background. I think a lot of our listeners know a lot of it. But one of the things you talked about is, is essentially being a lifelong nap and being you know, born and raised here. One of the things that, that you bring to the council and one of the interesting things about you as opposed to you know, a lot of other people that I've made fun of over the years is that you've seen a lot of changes here. You've seen dramatic changes in Napa. And you've accepted some, you've pushed back on some, but you've, you've realized that this is the direction we're going in, and you've dealt with things that were important to you over, over the years, but you've accepted and embraced the way that Napa has changed over the years. Talk a little bit about that in, in a general sense. Well, if, if the alternative to growth is, is death, I believe, and, <laughs> and so, you know, we're fortunate. Everyone talks about a, a good national economy and a good state economy. That's the most important thing is having this economy. And we are fortunate that Napa's economy is growing. It, it has stayed stable over the years. So I, I look at the, the change that's happened downtown and, and it's changed in our community as as something that we should embrace, uh, and we need to we need to get it right. We, you know, in the the rapid expansion in the '70s with housing tracks and shopping malls, maybe wasn't the best way to do it. We learned that redevelopment might have not been the best thing to do downtown. So there are challenges, and and it's a good challenge to have because things just can't stay stagnant. You know, our our children, my education was different than my son's, and now it's different than my granddaughter's. So all those things, we we you roll with the punches, and you try to come out with a better outcome. That's that's how I look at it. It we, we can't go back to having Woolworth and Pennies downtown. It's just you know not going to happen. So I see it as as an opportunity. And not a hurdle. You know, as I used to say for years, Brewster's isn't coming back. Get over it. <laughs> That's true. With all those changes, to what extent do you think that those were changes that the city planned, that the city helped make happen over the years? And obviously this precedes your time on the council, but, but you were around here and involved nonetheless. And to what extent has it been the city and government and, and members of the council and mayors in the past really adapting to external forces that were uh, causing the city to change in terms of hotels, restaurants, tourism, etc. My predecessors did a good job when we developed those overlays and the specific plans, the downtown specific plan. We were we were known, I guess the council at one time was known as the the no fun council, no, you know, no fun ordinance. They closed some of the clubs that were downtown. Uh, 
so they did a great job with the specific plan and those overlays, and we're working on the the, the, uh, the Oxbow overlay now to, to make that one, uh, you know, come back alive with CIA coming in is just a great opportunity. The south parking lot will develop. So, yes, the prior councils with the general plan, Vision 2050, I think, was the last general plan, and we're starting an update next year. So they did have, uh, I think that foresight to say you know things with the wine industry what it's doing countywide and we saw a lot of uh a lot of our visitors going up valley i think there was that that from prior councils that you know we need to put up a little a little net out that on that highway and and divert some people into town and they tried it with the one-way streets and now we've right. gone back to two-way streets uh on the uh, the interest of the downtown merchants so Yes, a great, great anticipation of what was to be. With this new effort to update the general plan that's coming up, what do you think are the principal things that the council's going to need and the city's going to need to focus on in that general plan update? You mentioned a little earlier, it's going to be a, a zoning and land use. You know, the, 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 the areas I think county pockets will be addressed there that we need to, uh, we need to bring all those county pockets into the incorporated city. So that'll be a challenge. We'll identify other open areas of, of land that can be higher density, different uses. So that's going to be, the, the I think, the focus on is, is generally land use, traffic, uh, priority development areas, transportation. Those things will be key elements to the general plan update. You mentioned, uh, we were talking before, you mentioned Napa Pipe. To what extent is the knowledge, the hope, that Napa Pipe is coming along at some point, although I think all we hear is crickets (laughs) at this point, that Napa Pipe will be part of the city and part of of all of this. To what extent will the knowledge of that really impact some of the other decisions that get made as far as the general plan update? It's it's a big piece of it, and it has to. And, And the property surrounding the Napa pipe that's still unincorporated where the new jail is going to be located and the and there's other available pieces around the old basalt quarry so those pieces will be looked at uh, with a with a, a, a magnifying glass because that's where our opportunity will lie in that southeast corridor along 221 so yeah Napa pipe and I'm with you I'm asked all the time, has Costco started yet? And I, I said, well, no, we haven't started any any trenching for the sewer pipe yet. So uh, that'll be a big part of it. What do you think are the mistakes that the city's made over the past 10, 15 years that, that it needs to kind of, if not correct fully, at least make some mid-course corrections on? Uh, maybe the the housing, you know, what what projects were approved and and at what densities we, if we would have anticipated the the uh, the strained market housing market right now, we we possibly could have done better in that aspect. You know, our whole model, that new urban model of less f- square footage, less yards. Uh, I think that's where we're going. And and when I talk to my son and daughter-in-law and my daughter, they don't they don't need the 3,000 square foot house in the big backyard. You know, one of the things we hear and we'll talk about affordable housing in a minute, but in terms of market rate housing, one of the things that we hear is that, you know, prices are out of control here in Napa and it's very expensive and kids can't afford to live here. The fact of the matter is that relative to other parts of the Bay Area, 
Napa is still more affordable. That's true, and I sometimes that that perception, you know, how the perceptions are when you look at reality, uh, you know, it, it's. I guess it's what you're looking for. Can can I afford uh, a house? I can't afford a house in Napa, but can it be? in the upper reaches of Browns Valley to start with? Maybe not, but can I get a house, a, a beautiful house in Bel Air? Can, you know, can I find those other houses off of uh, Soskill down there on the, the uh, shoreline and those beautiful neighborhoods? So I agree, uh, it, they are getting higher and it is difficult, but it's not over the top just yet. And we're hoping by adding some, some units as far as, uh, condominiums and apartments it 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 softens that uh that stranglehold on availability right now so talk a little bit about your take on the addition of condominiums and apartments because there does seem to be a demand for both of those products in napa and it's been really a struggle to get them to happen i mean finally the apartments uh, are going to happen down by the gasser property Vista which has been, been yes. a long time coming but talk about those two areas of products and, and and the degree to which the city can help encourage that they are needed and we are working through the process i think the densities is what the city's trying to help traffic and parking we're trying to uh, you know make that a little easier if you're going to build a condominium project we we looked at the ones on uh, Central Avenue that has yet to been, uh, they haven't started that right. yet. I'm trying to, Pietro Place, that was about 170 units. So we, we're, we're, we're approving them through design. We want to get them built. What, what I caution of is they don't become second homes. That, you know, we, we want condominiums for young, uh, two income, no children, couples. And what we have to, look out for is that they're being purchased as vacation homes for you know second homes a nice condominium in napa as a second home and and what my goal is that they're going to be occupied by people who are working here except that there's really nothing in terms of public policy or, or anything that can be done about that if people want to buy them as second homes they can buy them a second home so, I, mean, I hear this conversation all the time and i'm not unsympathetic to it personally and i understand where a lot of folks you know electeds are coming from in this regard but there is no way to really monitor that no there's not you're exactly it's it's uh when the sales office opens they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna want to sell the developers gonna want to sell them and recruit uh, recoup their investment and so they're not going to say well are you gonna live here nine months out of the year ten months out of the year but it's a hope that that there you know there's a balance and i think we have a few builders in town that 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 might on their own accord, try to, to sell to people that want to live here. And, but I know that we can't create any policy or ordinance to enforce right. that. You know, there's often the case that's made, and this has happened, I know, in a lot of other more resort-oriented or, or destination communities, that second homes actually, the people pay the same tax, property taxes yeah. and the same other taxes, but really have less impact and less demands on services in the community. That's exactly right. That's the irony, and so it's, that's a good thing. But on the other, th if you're trying to reduce traffic by commuters and you're trying to find places for our workforce to live closer, that's, that doesn't help. But you're How, right. Which brings us to the subject of, of workforce housing and more affordable housing. In your view, what realistically can the city and the city in, in cooperation with the county and other regional groups, what can the city do actively in terms of creating or helping to encourage affordable housing? 
I think we need to identify spots, land, and if that's publicly owned land, I know that the uh, the county piece on Old Sonoma is is one that's being eyed for you know that. So if the old health and human services, old health and human services. So what the what public agencies can do is uh, subordinate, you know, to kind of help with the land costs. You know, be uh, involved with there. Either have some kind of a you know a partial ownership, or just turn the title over to the developer. And then our own city corporation yard on Lincoln Avenue between Soskill and Jefferson is another good spot. If we could find a location for our corporation yard, we could subsidize the the affordable workforce housing model by providing the land. It's probably the easiest way to do it. Talk a little bit about the Oxbow area and what you see developing over there. Well. You know, I'm so happy that CIA uh, was able to secure the, the, the Copia building. That's going to be a great asset for the Oxbow. Uh, the Oxbow market currently is doing gangbusters. I understand that the county is selling the Water Street project, and they may have somebody in contract now to purchase the, the old county corpyard. Corp it was a little communication corpyard down there. And so the same developer could possibly get the uh, the south parking lot that's still owned by the uh, trust company ACA. Right. So that will probably develop develop with high end condominiums along the river is what I see happening down there for the developer to make the money. It's probably it's not going to be uh, small retail. I don't believe. I, I see it as is housing. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about, and, and this comes up over and over again, there, there, there seems to be concern about services downtown and ser local serving businesses downtown. Is that something that, that you worry about? Is that a concern? Personally, no. My wife and I, we enjoy downtown uh, maybe once a week we'll come into town for a cocktail a meal and so i love it but on the other hand i'm gonna you know my wife and i are both retired so you know our our disposable income might be that i can enjoy that more when we were a, a young family we probably ate at mary's pizza more often and some of those outliers so i think there, there's still an option in napa for if if you want to go out either to shop or to eat uh, there are places to do that. The Bel Air Shopping Center with uh, the you know Pier One, all those ones that opened up there are great for local retailers. We we kind of shot ourselves in the foot when we started going to Corte Madera, we started going to Sun Valley, we started going to Fairfield Mall to do our to do our clothes shopping and other you know those were beautiful big malls and and Napa shoppers left town to do it. It wasn't that the stores downtown didn't try to survive it's just that locals quit shopping downtown and now i hear that criticism there's nothing downtown for for me to uh, to shop as far as retail and like well most of us made that decision a long time ago we quit shopping downtown but as far as the entertainment side uh th there's uh i think my generation love it a lot of us do right Talk a little bit about parking downtown. It's been a controversial issue that, uh, particularly with uh, the new Weissman building down there, there was a whole bunch of discussion about parking and who was responsible for what. And then the whole issue of just parking in general down comes up downtown. 
with the new hotel coming on and a lot of new retail that will be part of that project. Talk a little bit about how you see that developing and what obligations, if any, the city should take on. It's a, it's a holdover from, like we said, Brewster's is not coming back and some of the things. To be able to pull up in front of Mervyn's at the curb and, and run inside for an hour, those those days are past. So, and I'd mentioned at the forum uh, yesterday that we should expect to, to walk a little bit. It's good for us, get a little exercise. Uh, we're, we're working on a, a, a fourth uh, above ground structure. That's why we, the city has raised its parking impact fees to help fund this, this new garage that will most likely be in the, uh, the old Cynodome area. So if, if you have to park in a garage and walk a couple of blocks to your destination, I, I think that's, uh, that's achievable. Uh, we're looking at some paid parking zones. So if you do want to pull up in front of your store and put some money in the machine, you can, you can do that. But free, large surface parking lots are a thing of the past. And, and we love to go to San Francisco. What do you do in San Francisco? You pay to park you if pay, you can even find a place. If you to can park. find a place, and and we're not there yet, but I, I think it's that whole uh, that whole change and how we approach it. And a, a lot of the old locals, you know, the longtime people in Napa, they refuse to park in garages. They have this thing about parking in garages. And I believe our first attempt was was uh, we missed it a little bit on the Second Street garage, the one that's right down there, the old by the old Carithers. Right. That's not the best garage. Ideally, we'd level that whole block, including the, the old Carithers building or the new Carithers building right. where the county offices are and, and do something spectacular there, not just for parking, but for the whole old community. So uh, automated parking is coming. We haven't seen it yet in Napa, but I believe we'll have a garage and maybe with one of these hotels is a valet takes your car and puts it in and a machine moves your car around to a different level and you put your card in at the end of the day and your car pops out the other side. I, I think it's not far away from It's that. not far away. And, you know, certainly self-driving cars and uh, self-parking cars and Uber and Lyft and everything yeah. else is, is part of the equation today, too. And public transit. I'm a, I'm a believer in, in public transit. And I know the po- we don't have quite the population in Napa to make that real viable yet, but I think with the, the improvements in uh, the volume the the routes are more uh, dependable they're more frequent uh, and if if you have a little time it's very easy to get on the vine in your neighborhood and go downtown go to get out to the college we have vine routes out here so that's that whole cultural shift I think I hope my granddaughter's getting it and I think the future generations will will have fewer cars and they will rely much more on public transit so I'm I'm hoping that that's part of the equation too. You know, if 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 I find parking difficult downtown, get a ride, ride the bus, if it's at all possible. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, Napa Valley Transportation Authority is doing enough in terms of moving the idea of public transportation along? I believe uh, Kate Miller is doing an excellent job down there. She she's from the Bay Area. She's been in the business a long time. She gets it. Uh, and and what I've seen just since I've been on the council, uh, ridership is up. The buses are modern and comfortable and reliable, safe. Uh, can you imagine if we could get our, our, our elementary school population on Vine Transit? You know what, that would help 
to do to help alleviate morning traffic. If we could get our parents to be confident enough that they could, their their fifth grader, fourth grader could get on the vine and go to school. Well, it's funny that you mention that because oftentimes when people talk, and I, I don't know where you stand on this, when people talk about traffic in Napa, much of that traffic happens at 8 o'clock in the morning and between 2 and 4 in the afternoon, and that's it. And that has entirely to do with dropping off and picking up kids at school. Exactly. Uh, our summer, we don't have a traffic problem, I believe. We don't really have a true traffic problem in Napa, but what we do have is uh, during the school year, look at when school's out in the summertime. When you, you head off at 8 o'clock in the morning, you go, wow, this is nice. Right. But, yeah, it is school-generated. I know Justin uh, has moved their start time. I think they moved up one hour. That will help. We've discussed with the Unified School District on, on how to stagger times. But the problem is often parents, because of their work schedule, they don't want to change the right. start times either because they're, they're, their schedule is based on that. And right. so well, i got to be at work at 8. I can't have my child go to school at 9. Right. But definitely uh, that's the impact. Do you think that the city is, while we're on the subject of transportation, that the city is doing enough and what is what else does it need to do in terms of road and street improvements? Uh, we need to, as long as our budget can afford it, we need to keep trudging ahead on, on the all the improvements. We still have some <coughs> substandard, you know, surface streets that have been damaged and the lack of uh, ongoing maintenance has caused some issues. Uh, it's, it's right there in the top of the priority list for the council is to uh, move that, that grading schedule for our streets up. So it's there. It's prioritized. Talk a little bit about what your perception is, and you've been around for a while. I mean, you've been on the council for a term and, and around government for a while of city-county relationship right now. There's room for improvement. I think that a few changes on, on, on both sides, not just in the elected sides, but staff. I think we've done uh, with the county, their, their public works person is, is relatively new, Larry Morrison. He's David, David Morrison. Morrison. He's fairly new. So I think changing faces help. I think the, the interest of the, our constituents, the public, said, come on, folks, play better together. There's this trust thing we have to work on to make sure that what we say we mean and we're not playing chess by any means. Uh, Napa Pipe was a little difficult trying to understand if everybody was being upfront about what their wishes were. So... I believe it's improving. Uh, I, I think I can take some credit for that. Uh, Alfredo. So I think some different faces with uh, Belia Ramos coming on, uh, although we worked well with uh, District 5 in the past. So it's always going to be a challenge because we, we have our little kingdoms and everybody's worried about you know protecting our own. So there'll always be that, that natural kind of... Uh, keep you keep your cards close to your chest but i think we're getting a little better at it if you get reelected at the end of that term you'll have been there for eight years what would you like your legacy to be i guess straight shooter problem solver uh you know an honest politician that i'm not in there i'm not running for re-election because I have any specific agenda that I want to drive home. I grew up here. My kids grew up here. My grandkids are here. I want this community to uh, retain that 
that family safety you know I'm, i i walk around town my kids walk around town we 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 don't have fear of violence i mean it happens it's it's our culture but that's what my legacy would would be is that uh you know this is my hometown and 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 scott has worked his entire life to try to to to, to keep it a hometown for other people that choose to uh, embrace it and and volunteer how's this campaign different from your last one does it feel different uh, it's different. I have I have people actually that wanted to contribute to my campaign that I didn't even have to ask for. So it, it was a little easier to raise some money. I raised very little money in 2012 because I was pretty much, uh, as far as on the on the political circles, as an unknown. I was on the school board for nine years, but that was not very political. So uh, that's been easier. It's, uh, you know, I have the endorsement of the, uh, Congressman Thompson, Senator Walk, Assemblymember Dodd. I have all five mayors from the, the uh, county, from Calistoga to American Canyon. I was very proud that all five mayors have endorsed me. Uh, so that was easier. The endorsements and the fundraising that is awful that we have to do, uh, it was a little easier the second time around. So, Scott Sedgley, I thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for what you do in our community. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.